0: to be closer to you you
1: glory 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 hallelujah enough so the, the line, the, the delineation can be clear that this is godly and this is not godly for them to see it. So they don't play around in their mind thinking that they're OK when they're not, because that's really what I'm saying. I don't want people to believe that they're OK with God when they're really not only because everyone is kind of playing the game and blurring the line. And before you know it, you're doing things that God is not pleased with. But you have convinced yourself, well, it's not that bad. And because you can say, bless God, and because you still can talk in tongues, maybe. And because you still pray, you think you're okay. And I'm concerned about that. That's my biggest concern these days. I got to be honest with you. Is because, you know, God has revealed himself. He is trying to reach the world. But we could be, try- we could be taking that to, to, to make it seem like we're okay. You know, we go, we go to the funeral. And, of course, it's a church setting. And everybody know what to say when you get in a church setting. And then they were in church, and so after the funeral, everybody feel like, you know, we're okay. But then after the funeral, what you gonna do? You know what they do at the funerals. Once you get out of the church and you get to the burial, they start smoking weed and start drinking what they drink. That's just that's common practice. But what I'm saying is while it was in the church, in their mind, bless God, I love God. He's good God, you know what I mean? He's been good to me, he's blessed me. But then you get out, you gotta... Smoking weed and sipping on what you're sipping on, and and to you, I was just in church, so I'm okay. That's what I'm saying. These are the things I'm seeing. I'm like, ah, man, God. So th- this is why I'm saying to you, I do this with myself, always did. Just be honest with yourself, and when you're not doing right, call yourself out to yourself. Between you and Jesus, Lord, this I know is not right, and I know I'm not right you got to help me lord to not do this and as long as you do that and you pray that way you won't you will not blur the lines of thinking that godliness and worldliness is okay together because this is this you don't want to fool yourself on this this is not something you want to fool yourself to think you're okay and then the last minute you realize you're not you realize that there's nothing you can do if the day you meet jesus when you die and you realize that you didn't do it. You realize there's not a way to maneuver that anymore. Do we, do we all understand that? When, when we finally meet Jesus, when we die and leave this world or the rapture comes, whatever takes place, you're going to know when you finally see Jesus, when the time comes for Jesus to close this chapter, when you find out what the final uh, ruling is on your life, there is no way. To make that up, there's no way to kind of work that out to make it work for you. It's either what God says. Well, it's definitely what God says was either eternal life in Christ or not. And it won't be anything you can maneuver at that time. It'll be. That's it. It's all she wrote. Call it that. So just. I'm saying this understanding we're not all perfect and we all have struggles But in it, don't try to pass it off as it's okay. You you follow what I'm saying? I'm trying to be real with you. I'm not going to be crazy enough to think that you're not struggling or you don't go through something or there might not be something in your life that's not right that you're trying to fix. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is while that's going on, be honest and say, yeah, I need to get this part of my life right. It's not right. Don't just leave it there and keep on thinking it's not that bad and God loves you and you will be okay. Don't do that. Because if you do that, you're setting yourself up for being lost eternally. That's what I'm trying to prevent you from doing, setting yourself up from being lost eternally. Just say every all of us. I, I don't think it's any one of us in here today that can feel like they, 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 they through and through, top-notch. Holy, righteous, all good, and I'm not worried about a thing. And if you get that kind of mindset, I'm worried for you. (laughs) Because there's some days I know that I'm in the right place with God, but I still don't take it for granted that I'm okay. I'm still saying, God, help me out here. Just make sure I'm right, God. Make sure I'm right. I want to get it right. So that's all I want to Get you to understand because from going from one place to the next and looking at our world, I'm saying everybody is familiar with Jesus. Everybody says they pray. Everybody goes to church one way, shape, or form. Everybody know how to say the church lingo and jargon and everything like that. And then, you know, different story how we live it out from day to day. All right. All right. I got through with all that. I just got to say that, that that that's what I experienced the past couple of days. And I, and since I saw that, I, I wanted to share that with you so you could be honest with yourself and with your Lord Jesus, and we can move forward. Stand with me. John chapter 4. Davon, good to see you this morning. Always good to see you. Noah, good to see you. Nice to have y'all, family. I got to see a lot of the, the some of the young people, um, Davon, um, Friday when, um, Ethan got married when he celebrated officially with everybody else. <laughs> I got to see a lot of the um, young people. I got to see Ryan Charity. Hadn't seen Ryan in a long time. Uh, that was pretty good. Shaq. we <laughs> were so glad to see Shaq. We took pictures with Shaq. <laughs> we had a good time. I enjoyed being with the young people. Uh, Passed good time with him for a little bit there. And Sister Nila. Uh Mary and Tony. Oh boy, Tony never changed. Tony is Tony, isn't he? But that tell you that's just who he is. You can see Tony now, you can see him 25 years ago. Same Tony, hasn't changed. Still crazy. Still want to talk about the Eagles and the Phillies. Come to me about the Eagles. What do you think about the Eagles? Always asking me about his team. I said, Eagles garbage. <laughs> D- 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 Daryl already know. Ain't know that. It ain't, I don't know why you all talking about, man, is he saying that? Garbage. They know. They know. They, Brother D know. D know. Hey, if he can help himself, he wouldn't watch him. He just can't help himself. But if he can help himself, he wouldn't watch him. They're so disappointing. Now, let's see if they can get the offensive line turned around, and let's see if Carson Wins can you know, get a little bit more under control. But if they don't get that offensive line fixed, which is always the hardest thing to fix on the field. Brother D know that better than all of us. For those of y'all, for those of y'all that don't know, Brother D almost went pro. He was this close to going pro, but it wasn't the plan of God. <laughs> we can laugh about it now, but it wasn't the plan of God. Daryl almost went pro. He was this close to going pro. I mean, when you when you when you star anything um, in any of the um, the, um, the the Division One schools that um, um, Power Five conferences, you you play any kind of decent in any of those conferences, you sure enough going go, gonna get a try for. Um, Um, NFL. So he was right there, but it wasn't in the cards. It wasn't God's plan. And we thank God for that because now he is right here in Christ in the church and we love brother D and he's just a great man and he's a great example. So, but he was this close. We wasn't going to know. And um, um, who was it? Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison, somebody else. Um, You said McNabb was um, senior when you was a, a, a freshman. Okay. So he didn't came across the stars played with them. So he was right there. So it, it, this is somebody that you can say, just like many of you, we can say, God really called you. <laughs> you know, God, this is this is God's plan for your life. So don't look for nothing else. All of us that are here today, this is God's plan for our life. That's why we're all here. We'll start with Daryl. He's the one that make us all know this is God's plan for our life. Because we all could have been doing something else. We all could have been someplace else. We all could have been doing whatever it is. But that wasn't in the cards. And that's not what God wanted for our life. God wanted us to be who we are today. So let's take what God has given us and do something with it. Amen. Amen. Let's do something with it. John chapter four, verse number 35 says this, say not ye, there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathered fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth, another reapeth. I send you to reap that whereupon ye bestow no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. I want to talk to you today on this topic, the fields are white, the fields are white. Lord Jesus, one more time, will you help us, will you move on us today, that Lord, there will be some encounter, some change, miraculous and divine that will take place in us, Lord Jesus. Father, we cannot just continue to gather ourselves together in the house of God just to be religious or traditional. But God, we want change. We want to experience the supernatural, the miraculous. We want, oh God, to grow in you and to take our rightful place. In you, I pray this morning that your kingdom come, your will be done, and that your power be manifested among us and that change and deliverance will come to us, that salvation will come to us, that, Lord, wholeness will take place and healing will take place, that the will of God will be done today and that we will never be the same again. Lord, will you move on us? Lord, will you sweep over this place? Lord, will you overshadow us? and let the will of God be done in us individually and collectively. We give you the honor and the praise for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The fields are white. Whenever we do not want to do something that we think is pretty important, we tend to put it off as long as we can. We put it on the back burner, so to speak. We try to figure out how much time we really have before we have to do it. Then we wait until the very last possible minute to do it because it's something that we need to do, but we don't want to do. Can anybody identify with me? If there's some things in your life that you need to do, but you don't want to do. I need to rearrange my drawers and my closets. But I don't want to do it. I do. I need to. I I need to go rearrange that stuff. I, I don't like having stuff that I'm not using, but it's still in my way. And so I need to do that. But do I want to? Mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And so I'm trying to put that off. Keep pushing it back. Keep pushing it back. Every once in a while, my wife say it, and it just irks me. Because it's something she's saying that I know is true, but I don't want to do. So it just irks you just a little bit more. But there are things that we need to do that we don't want to do. And our best way of dealing with that is keep pushing it back, putting it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Jesus said unto his disciples, say not ye, there are yet four months and then cometh harvest. Mm. Yeah, we like to say as church people, God's going to do this and God's going to do that and God's going to do that. And a lot of times we use that word God is going to do it. Because we don't have the faith we need to say God will do this. And, and then, and then we, we like to say he's going to meaning pushing it back as opposed to realizing that he can do it right now. And, and because we lack the faith we need to understand that he will do it right now, we said God is going to do this. And God is going to do that. And God is going to do that. You watch and see what what's going to happen. You watch and see the power of God that will move. And we say he will do something. But in all truth, there's some things that God is saying, I am not going to do that. I am doing that right now. And it's up to you to make a determination if you're going to allow me to do this right now. Will you allow him to do it right now or your lack of faith is going to cause you to say, well, he'll do it. Well, he'll do it. And you keep thinking that he will do it eventually, but not right now. But who says he won't do it right now? You might have said he won't do it right now. But if God says I will do it right now, then what are we waiting for? Let's not wait four months. Let's not wait for some special thing to happen when God made clear what he wants to do right now. There are some things that God has made clear that he wants to do right now. And what we have read here this morning, and what God is saying he wants to do right now, he's telling us that the harvest field is white and ready for harvest, and we don't need to wait, we don't need to procrastinate, we don't need to say, let's wait until, because God is saying, it's ready right now. You are ready. People outside of the church are ready. This time is ripe right now because God is ready to do what he wants to do. And the question we must ask ourselves, are we ready? Because he certainly is ready. He's certainly ready. And so we need to ask ourselves about that. If we lift up our eyes. Huh. That's what the scripture says. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields. We're looking in the wrong places, church. We're we're looking in the wrong places. We're we're looking in the places to satisfy our desires. (laughs) We're looking in the places that make us comfortable. We're looking in the places that satisfies the things that we want. uh, And we are not looking where God says we need to look. I was talking to someone yesterday and they said to me, man, you know, can't believe people are, you know, not seeing that this is the time and we're in the end and, you know, God is ready to come back and, and, you know, people behave. I said, I hear you and that's true, but that person don't sound like they looking at the field. You see, when you start to say, this person don't have any hope. When you start to say, this person not being right. When you start to say, I don't know about this one, and I don't know about that one, and I don't know what can be done. I'm here to tell you, you're not looking at the field that God says to look at. Because if you look at the field that God said to look at, everything you see, you will see totally different from what everybody else is seeing. You heard about the story, one of Pastor Neil's stories about the guy that went to Africa to sell shoes. He went into one of the villages to sell shoes, had a whole lot of shoes with him and went to the village and says, I'm going to, you know, start a business and sell shoes. And when he went to sell the shoes, he got to the village and looked around and nobody was wearing shoes. And in his mind, these people don't like shoes. I'm I'm never gonna make any money here because they don't wear shoes. And so he packed up and left, came back to the States and told his friend, yeah, I went to so-and-so place trying to sell them some shoes, but nobody wore shoes. And his boy, after he walked away from him says, I'm going back there to sell some shoes because if they don't wear shoes, it's because they need shoes. They didn't have shoes. That's why they weren't wearing shoes. So one saw it as they don't wear shoes because they don't want shoes. The other saw it as they never saw shoes, so they need shoes. And if we're going to really listen to the voice of God, if we're really going to do what God says, we're going to look out into the harvest field and we're going to say, oh, my God, look at the possibilities. Uh, Look at what God can do. Uh, Look at the opportunities out there. But if we're not looking where God say to look, uh, we're going to get frustrated. Uh, We're going to act like there's no hope for people. We're going to act like there's no use uh, of telling them about Jesus uh, because we're looking in the wrong places. Uh, We're looking at the wrong things. But Jesus says, lift up your eyes and look to the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And if we will look where Jesus says to look, we will see the possibilities. We will see the opportunities. But we got to look in faith. If you look with your eyes, you're going to say, you know how long they've been coming to church? And I haven't seen any change in their life. Let me tell you something, church. Just know I'm on your side. If, if you've been coming for a long time and I don't see no change in your life, keep coming. I ain't got no problems with you. You keep on coming. <laughs> you keep on coming. If you've been coming and things just aren't getting right in your life, that's all right. Don't think the pastor judging you because that's the last thing this pastor going to do. You just keep on coming. Let me just keep on loving you and keep on preaching God's word to you. You don't worry about a thing. No matter what anybody else says, you just keep on coming. Because I'm doing like Jesus says, and I'm looking out to the field. I'm lifting up my eyes in faith, uh, and I'm looking out to the fields to see what God is showing me. And when God shows you something, uh, he's not showing you just to show you. He's showing you because he's going to do something. He told Ezekiel, look out into that valley of dry bones. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody! He told Ezekiel, "Look out into the valley of dry bones. Can those dry bones live again?" And Ezekiel said, "Well, you know, Lord, smart man, because I'm not going to answer no crazy question from Jesus. He knows the answer, so he asking me asking me for a reason, not because he need to know. But the point is, he told Ezekiel where to look, and Ezekiel looked there. <laughs> Can you imagine if he was looking someplace else?" He 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 couldn't see what God is trying to show him. He wouldn't understand what God is trying to show him. So I'm here to tell somebody here this morning, start looking where God wants you to look. Stop looking uh, in the wrong places. Start looking at people and see the possibilities in what God can do in their life. Start looking at situations and see the possibilities of that situation being turned around and be great. Stop looking at things out of your own eyesight because you don't have no power to change nothing. But if you look from the standpoint of God, if you look the way God is trying to get you to look, then you will know God will supply what is needed to make that situation turn around yes don't walk around saying i don't know about that don't say that no more the bible says with god all things are possible so stop walking around. Says I don't know about that. I, I said until somebody is put in the ground, in the dirt, covered up. Until that happens, trust me, they still have an opportunity. They still have a chance, even at the service. I don't care, even at the service, Arabia. When they in the casket, they still have a chance because they still can be raised from out of that casket. I'm not. Sh- I, I've never seen a miracle where somebody was buried and then they just rose from the out of the. Only Jesus came out of that. And we haven't seen anybody do that. Maybe Lazarus too. But, but nobody that no dirt was thrown on them. Buried. And they rose. So in my estimation, until the dirt is thrown on them, you don't give up on them. Until the dirt is thrown on them and they're buried, you don't give up on them. You better see them and see the possibilities. You better see them and realize this is just but an opportunity for God to show his power to us. And that's what God wants to show us oftentimes is look at what I can do. Look at what I will do. But we're missing it because we're looking in the wrong place. God said, lift up your eyes and look. Jesus is saying, stop looking in the wrong places. Look on the fields. Get moving. When you look at what I'm telling you to look at, you will get moving. No need to wait. It's all right sometimes to wait if God says wait. If God says wait, then you wait. But not when the harvest is white and ready, for then it will lie on the ground. The fruit that we're trying to reap. If we don't go and reap it, when God says to reap it, it will lie on the ground and begin to rot. It will lie on the ground and get spoiled. And God is saying, if I tell you to go and reap it, go and reap it. I don't want what I have, my precious fruit out there, to get spoiled, to be rotten. I want you to go and reap my harvest. The harvest is white. Mm-hmm. The fields are white. It's okay to wait if God says to wait, but not when there's a plague out there called corona. Can't wait. It's okay to wait if God say wait, but not when people are dying and going to hell. Mm-mm, mm-mm. 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 If it's if God say wait, it's okay to wait, but 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 not when people are 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 losing their souls. We need to go and go into the harvest where God has sent us and reap His harvest. Let us do as Jesus says. Let's lift up our eyes. Let's look to the fields, for they are white and all ready to harvest. Stop looking in the wrong places. Stop looking in places where all you will get is frustration. All you will get is discouragement. If you are discouraged a lot, it means you're looking in the wrong places. If you find yourself always down, it means you're looking in the wrong places. But if you will look where Jesus says, you will know. Oh yeah, I can see. I can see. I can see, Lord. I see what you're talking about. Oh, yes, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do because I'm looking. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And when I looked Friday and when I looked Saturday, I looked into the fields. And I said, wow, God, you're right. Preacher got up. Saturday at the funeral, and he preached about Jesus. He says, I'm here to preach to you all, not the person that's in the casket. And he preached about Jesus. And at the end of his message, he says, who would like to accept the Lord as their personal Savior and have life? And two people raised their hand, and that was good. But, of course, I'm sitting there saying the possibilities. I'm saying, preacher, that was pretty good. You brought them a good way, but they needed to know more you're letting them walk out of here thinking that they're okay. When they just took the beginning steps to get okay. (laughs) <laughs> you made them believe that they were okay, preacher. And, and, and they need to know that, that what you just spoke to them, that was right. And it was something that was good for them. But now when they raised their hand, we needed was to approach them and, and tell them, Jesus I have so much more in store for you. You have made the, 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 the commitment to say, yes, I want to be saved. And yes, I want to follow Jesus. But now here comes the work to follow Jesus. Now here comes the real commitment to follow Jesus. Jesus. And so here, let me begin to take you by the hand and show you the process and what you have to do to make this begin to work in your life and not let them walk out of the church that day and say, yeah, that funeral was something. That guy had a good word and I decide I'm going to give my life to Lord. Now, the good news is the God that we serve will reveal to them more truth. It's going to be up to them to respond again to more truth to say yes to more truth, to say okay. But what happens a lot of times is we encounter people that uh, traditionally believe a certain way. And they might teach them their tradition and not teach them the word of God. But those are the things that bother me and I pray about. Why did Jesus say to us in the scriptures, the fields are white"? Already ready to harvest. Let me share with you John chapter 4, verse number 7. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered, every time I read this text, you know, many, you know how many years I've been reading this text and sharing this with people, and I'm still getting stuff out of it still today. And so the woman says, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Let me give you translations. The Christian people have no dealings with the people that's not Christians. Give you a translation of that. And Jesus, no, he came that people may have life and have it more abundantly. You can know Jesus. You can know his word and still need some things worked out in your life. Because his own disciples, his own disciples would not deal with the Samaritans. As a matter of fact, it was so bad that Jesus knew his own disciples wouldn't deal with the Samaritans. So when it was time for him to talk to that lady, he made sure he was one on one with her and made sure his disciples were gone away. Because they still needed that part of their life worked out to not be prejudiced against others. And so he knew that they needed to still work on that in their life. So he's like, you know what? They're not going to mess up me reaching this lady today. So y'all go to the city and buy some meat and I'll be over here by the well because this lady getting ready to come. You see what I'm saying? God came for so much more than we are allowing to affect our lives and one of the things that he came to do is to make sure we weren't being separate from each other. One of the things he was coming to this earth to help us to understand is that we're all one people and we can't uh, feel like we need to disregard other people or tell them they're not good enough or tell them that they're not that they're not that they're not a part of what you're doing. God created one people and and we're supposed to be one people, and we're supposed to be together, and we're supposed to treat each other the same. That's, that's part of why God came. And he had to tell that to his very own people. So I just gave you revelation today. Don't you be all crazy when you realize there are Christians that still exude prejudice. It's in the Bible. Is in the Bible. So don't, don't you get all frustrated and say, I can't be bothered with church because of this and because of that. This is why he gave us his word. There were people in the Bible that needed to get it together. Why you think he came? And they were prejudiced against the Samaritans. They would not treat the Samaritans right because in their mind, they don't re- worship the same God we worship. They don't serve the same God we serve. They don't live the same way we live. So we're not messing with them. And Jesus said, so how are we going to reach the world? If that's how y'all want to live. How how are we going to reach the, the lost people if that's how we want to live? Where we stay to ourselves. Where we isolate ourselves. How are we going to reach the world that feel that is white? How will we reach them if we? Now don't get me twisted. You don't need to go be with them and do what they do. So I'm not telling you now just go chill with them and do whatever they do. I'm telling you, go among them and let them see something different. Go among them and make them cease. So that line is no longer blurred. So they might say, I'm a Christian. I serve God. And you say you're a Christian. You serve God. Now they got to watch your behavior and kind of compare it with how they behave without you saying anything. And that's how we're going to make the difference. That's how we do the work of God is because we show up and we be godly. We show up, we be holy. We show up, we be righteous. We show up, we be loving. We show up, we abstain from all ungodliness. And they're there and you better be able to love them while you still be who you are. This is what we're struggling with as a people, church. We can't show up on the scene in the fields and begin to love people and still be holy and still be righteous and still live the way God wants us to live. We think that we got to be like them when we show up on the scene. Then how will they ever get reached? How will we ever reach them if when we show up we don't have enough God in us to be godly still around them while they're being who they are? How are we going to reach them? And so what we find a lot of that's going on, a lot of Christians just stay to themselves and don't go around people that are unsaved, not good because you can't reach them. Or you get the ones that say we're Christian, but then when they get around them, they start being like them, not good because how the people that's unsaved is going to know what to do to be saved. Most of that is going on and God is looking for people that says, I'm going to be godly Lord. I'm going to be holy, God. I'm going to be righteous, God. I'm going to be loving, God. And I'm going to get around them, and they're going to feel the energy of your spirit flowing from my life. They're going to know I'm with them, and I love them, and they're going to not see me do what they do. And they're going to say, wow, something different about that guy. Something different about that gal. Uh Uh-huh. That's what God needs us to do in order to do his will. That's what he needs us to do in order to do his will, and we have to figure out how to do that. Verse 8, "'For the disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, "'How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest to drink of me, which am I, woman of Samaria?' for the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritan. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman said unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Here we go. More stuff the Lord just showed me. He answered her question without making her feel bad. <laughs> she was saying how strong their tradition is. Jacob dug this well. This is Jacob's well. This is this is our history. This is our our foundation This is this is who we believe in and you know, Abraham Isaac and Jacob Jacob This is what she's trying to say to the Messiah This is what she's trying to express to him and he didn't say well that was Jacob I'm on the scene right now. You know who I am Forget about Jacob. I'm here now. That's not what he said He just said nicely to her cool When you drink of this water right here, you will thirst again. True, no lie. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Man, God, you will not let me just go straight and teach what I'm trying to teach and preach. He just interrupts me again. Here's the interruption that that God just gave me in looking at that. I mentioned this in prayer yesterday. So for you all that wasn't a part of prayer, here's what I'm saying again. Understand that people may not have the truth, all the truth that they need to be saved, but they have something. And what we need to do is to give them more. There is teachings in the Bible that tell us about people who have some of God, but they don't have all of it. You don't make them feel bad. You just try to help them get more of it. Don't try to tell them, oh, you ain't right. Y'all religion believe in this. Don't go down that route. Our route that we're supposed to go down is, let me add to what they already have. Let me me add on to what they have, because they have something. And I said this yesterday, as long as you're a Christian believing in Jesus Christ, you have some truth. You may be missing a lot of things. You may be missing the baptism. You may be missing being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues. You may be missing certain things, but it doesn't mean that your entire belief is wrong because if you believe Christ is Almighty God, then you're onto something. You just need a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And so Jesus just showed her here, I'm cool with what you believe in, but I'm here to show you a little bit more. I believe in Jacob too, Jacob the man. And and you're gonna drink from that well and you'll be fine. But I'm gonna give you something to drink that when you drink of that, you will not thirst anymore. So Jesus is telling us, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That word more, powerful. I came that you may have life and have it more. So what he's telling you is, you may have some life now, but I want you to have life more abundantly, more, more. So so we got to start looking at people. Again, when you look at the field, I'm telling you, this, this stuff is... When you look at the field the way God wants you to look at it, when you look out into the field, the place where he said to look at, you will see it that way. You will realize he got something that I can work with. Jesus made sure he found something in common with that lady that he can work with. She was there and he started saying, oh, you're here to get water from the well, but I can get you some water that when you drink that you will thirst no more. He found something in common with her to begin to help, to add to what she's already, Already had oh man God knows what he's doing church if we will just roll with him if we will just go with what he's saying if we will just do what he says to do we will really see great success we will really see his power being manifested we'll really see people experiencing miracle signs and wonders but we're always trying to accomplish what we want our way and then try to put some God in it Mm. He said, whosoever drinketh of this water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the, water that I should, but, but the water I shall give him shall be in him a well water springing up into everlasting life. Listen to this carefully. The woman said unto him, sir, I love when you say sir. I I don't know. I feel like I was there once I read that, sir. Because she's trying to figure out what's going on. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know, you you ever notice when you're trying to figure out something? Sir. (laughs) You're like asking questions almost like, what is going on here? And so, sir, (laughs) give me this water that I I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Mm -hmm. Jesus said unto her, go call thy husband. And come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. Jesus is something. Can he stop? He's such a good God. He, he's letting her know, you're telling the truth. <laughs> she said, I have no husband. He already know the whole story. And he said, go call your husband. She said, I have no husband. And he says, he'd make her feel good before he, you know, what they say, the sandwich technique. He did the sandwich technique on her. Make her feel good. Then he gonna do his thing. Then make her feel good. All right, so here we go. Thou has said, well, I have no husband. Verse 18. For thou has had five husbands. And he whom thou now has is not thine husband. In that said, thou truly. (laughs) Jesus said, yeah. You've been married five times. And dude that you got at the crib right now. He's not even your husband. Y'all not even married. Y'all just living at the crib. (laughs) Now, here is what you got to love about Jesus. He never calls you out to embarrass you. He never calls you out to give you a hard time. He never calls you out except to try to change your life. He's not calling her out because he's trying to give her a hard time. He's letting her know. I know your struggles. I know what you've been through. I know how you've been treated. I know how you've been mistreated. I know how much you've been rejected and how you feel disappointed. I know it. This is why I made sure it was just me and you at this well. Because those people that you have a pro- that have a problem with you, they, they they would find it even more to really make you feel bad. So that's why I made sure they wasn't around. They're not right. I'm working on them. You, you see how Jesus worked? My disciples in this area, they're not right. But I'm not I'm not getting rid of them either, though. I love them. I just gotta work, help them work out their their their, their prejudice. I gotta I gotta help them with that. And the way i would do that, I gotta stay in their life. So I'm not gonna dismiss them and say, get out of here because you just just wrong. Let me go talk to this woman over here. He's trying to work. Not try. He's working all the angles for everybody to receive what is just good for them. So he's over here talking to the lady. I know you had five husbands. And this one, the sixth guy, you you just wasn't doing it no more. (laughs) You couldn't do a sixth marriage because they've been wrong for so long. You're like, nah, I'm good. And so he says, and I know that. Listen, I'm here to tell you this morning God showed us that text so we understand that we're going to go through some stuff. You're going to have some problems. Life is not easy. There's going to be hurt. There's going to be pain. There's going to be rejection. There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be struggles. It's there. Don't you ever make yourself believe that life is supposed to be great and no problems. Our life will never be perfect. Because if it's perfect, you don't need Jesus. (laughs) Larry, Larry. If it's perfect, we don't need Him. If it's all good, we don't need Him. If everything is working just right, especially knowing how we are, we don't need Him. So it will never be perfect, it will never be just right. There will always be something that needs some work in your life. There will always be something in your life that needs to be straightened out. There will always be something in your life that you need to get right. There will always be something in your life that God wants to do to you. It's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be right. But when Jesus come into your life, what you will have then that you didn't have before all of that other time is hope. D, people are going through all kinds of stuff, but without Jesus, they don't have any hope. And they're trying to figure out a way. Here we go again. You think suicides, murders. You, you, You think robbery. You think all the things that we do that's so terrible, you think that's just because we want to be terrible people? I think a lot of it is we are going through things that we don't know what to do about it. We're struggling with things that we don't know what to do, how to fix it. We're hurting from things that we can't seem to stop the pain from. And so we do things in reacting to what we're dealing with and what we're going through. And a lot of times, the more we try to do things to try to fix it, the further we go down, the more it becomes worse. Because nothing can ever be good without Jesus. We're trying to make it right without Jesus. And without Jesus, it will never be right. Without Jesus, you have no hope. And you have to depend on yourself to get it right. And I'm here to tell you, you can have Jesus. And he can help you. And it will get right. We need Jesus to get it right. We need Jesus to get it right. And so no matter how much you try to fix it, no matter how much, you're, all of our actions, I'm telling you, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. We're doing things that are not right because We're experiencing internal hurt and pain and struggles and frustration on our own. And we're trying to just get it right. But we're trying to do it without Jesus. And all we're doing is digging a deeper hole and going further into our situation. That if we don't come to Jesus and look to him, it will never get right. And we will keep on suffering and hurting and struggling and frustrated and all of those things. this woman met Jesus. She met Jesus. And everything that she had ever done, Jesus told her. Like this woman, you may have been going through personal troubles and struggles for a long time. You may feel like you have been unfairly treated, rejected. You may have suffered loss and felt like this is there's no hope for you. But like this woman, she did experience all of those. But like this woman, all it takes is one encounter with Jesus. And your entire being can be changed and things can turn around. All it takes is one encounter with Jesus. All it takes is one encounter with Jesus. Jesus ministered unto her and and, and her life was so impacted by him ministering to her, by the words that he spoke, that her life was so impacted that she could not contain herself. She went back to the village and said, come see a man that told me everything I ever knew. And this woman that the entire village rejected, this woman that everybody talked about, this woman that everybody whispered about of how she had all these many men uh, and lived with all these many men uh, and did all these wrong things. Uh, This woman was so messed up that she could not even get water regular times because people normally go and get water when it's still, the sun is not out. That's when they go and get water. Nobody wants to get water and walk back in the sun. She was at the well at midday. Why you think? Because nobody goes to the well at midday. They already treated her so bad in that community because she was just an outcast because she was probably the only one having a whole bunch of men uh, in her life and never can get it right. And now shacking up with this man. So the community probably just they, they just treated her like nothing. You're nothing. We don't even want to see you. And back then uh, people had, you know, people really did get embarrassed back then. Today people don't get embarrassed. You, you, you want your seventh marriage. And you're like, oh, no big deal. Seven. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Seven and counting. No problem. And if he don't work, I just go get me another one and go to eight. No big deal. We, don't, we ain't got no shame now. We, we don't. We don't. We're just like, let's go. But back then, if one don't work, it's just bad. It's like the whole world falling apart. So you know you hide. I remember when growing up, some of you might have experienced this. Man, I remember when when you were a young girl and you got pregnant. They, they hide you. You had to drop out of school. They They hide you. Now, I'm pushing my belly. Don't tell me nothing. I said, don't tell me nothing. Different times, but that woman, I'm sure that she was so messed up, so downtrodden, so embarrassed. She just was hiding, trying to make it every day. And the guy she was shacking up with was probably using her because he probably knew she had low self-esteem and was just taking advantage of her, wouldn't marry her. And she's dealing with all this. And all she had was one encounter with Jesus. Somebody, all we need is one encounter with Jesus. But we just need one encounter with Jesus, but a real encounter. I'm not talking about some old just 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 come to church and I feel His presence. I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about you and Him somehow one on one that you can be in a room full of people, but somehow you and Him just one on one, and His presence overshadow you, and you can hear His voice in your head, or you can receive impressions and thoughts in your heart that you know, oh God. He's speaking to me. Oh God, He's giving me direction. Just one encounter. And when I get up, I'm never the same again. And I got to let people know I had an encounter with Jesus. One encounter. One encounter with Jesus. Just one encounter with Jesus. Church, one encounter with Jesus and life will never be the same again. I often just wonder how did I arrive at this place, and I will never stop wondering to the day Jesus come and get me. I will never stop. How in the world did I ended up here? How did I go from where I was and how I was living to here? It's a mind blower. I can't comprehend it, but I just know the only answer is one day I met Jesus. One day I met this man called Jesus, and when he t- touched me. And when he filled me with his spirit, I was broken. And I began to cry when I began to pray. And I began to cry when I began to worship. And I'm like, I'm a man. I don't cry. But when I met Jesus, he made me cry. He made me feel things I've never felt. He made me do things I've never done. He made me live in a way I've never lived. Oh God. Just one encounter with Jesus. One encounter with Jesus will change everything, church. One encounter with him. If you haven't had an encounter like you need to have, you need to say, God, I need a (laughs) do-over. Somebody need to tell God, I need a do-over, man. If that woman had an encounter with you, Lord, like she did, and she was just off the chains like that after she had the encounter, I want a do-over because I want to be like that too. Whoo! And so in John chapter 4, verse 39, the encounter happened. Look at what happened after she had the encounter. And many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman. Many of the people in the city of Samaria, many of the people of the city of Samaria believed what the lady said. I love how God does that. Somebody hear me, hear me, hear me. Stay faithful to God. Stay faithful to God. God can change your reputation for you. Stay faithful to God People may have talked about you And people may have looked down on you And people may have kind of wrote you off a little bit But I'm telling you You stay faithful to God He'll clean up your reputation He'll make you spotless He'll make you clean He'll make people respect you He'll make people know that you belong to Him Just stay faithful to God Ah, Help me Jesus Stay faithful to him. I don't care what people think about you right now. I know it hurts sometimes when you think about how they might be viewing you. And what they have said about you. But I'm here to tell you, stay faithful to God. If God is really truly your priority. If God is really truly who you're desiring. He will clean things up. He will make things right. And all those who thought you was the worst. They will come to see you in a different light. Got proof of scripture right here. I got proof of scripture right here. That old, that, that woman that everybody thought was the worst. Why would you listen to her now, people? God will make you eat your words. I ain't never gone. Watch yourself. I'm sure it was a couple people. That old Jezebel. Every time you turn around, she got somebody new over the house. I ain't let my kids walk by her gate. Kids don't walk over on that side of the street. You may catch something over there. Stay on this side of the road. She want her kids to walk on a different side of the street because they don't want to have nothing to do with that woman. And they never had an encounter with Jesus. You see, man, we can go all day on this. I got to stop. But let me tell you something. Again, check yourself. Because when When you don't experience sometimes some things that are really not good, you tend to think you're not too bad of a person. And that thought right there and that way of thinking, it will preclude you or prevent you from really getting an encounter with Jesus. Because Jesus will not be able to influence you enough to do something miraculous. This lady was so broken, she was so busted, she was so messed up that when she had that encounter with Jesus, she just knows she could, that that's the only thing that could have ever saved her. She needed an encounter with Jesus. She never thought she was anything. She thought she was the worst. And I'm telling you, when you come to the place of realizing, I don't care how good you think you used to be, but just come to the place of saying, God, I am no good. Just come to the place of saying, God, there's nothing about me. Just come to the place of realizing that there's nothing special about you. And when you come to that place, when you get that encounter with Jesus, it's going to mean something different to you than that person that thought they were just okay and they weren't that bad. When you get that encounter with Jesus, when you knew how you used to be, it's gonna be different for you. And this lady that they thought was just the worst, they listened to her. They listened to this woman that they had written off. They listened to this woman that that they didn't let their kids play with her kids. They listened to this woman that they walked on the other side of the street just to avoid her because she was the worst. Now, all of a sudden, you want to listen? Because you had an encounter with Jesus. And if you get an encounter with Jesus, they're going to want to listen to you. If you get an encounter with Jesus, they're going to want to hear what you have to say. If you get an encounter with Jesus, I finish up here. And so she said when she went back to talk to them, so when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them and he abode there two days and many more believed because of his own words and said unto the woman, they talking to her now, <laughs> they talking to the woman now, the woman that they all just detested and thought she was the worst, the bottom of the barrel. Now they talking to her in life funny. <laughs> so here they go. And so. Now we believe, this is what they're saying to her. Now we believe, not because of your saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. I heard a little bit of disdain in his voice. Now we believe because we've heard him for ourselves. But you came because of her. Don't try to dismiss her. You came because she had the encounter, not you. And because she had the encounter and came back with that glow on her, with the with the words that he spoke to her in her heart, and she spoke them to him or to all them, guess what? They said, We gotta go hear this man. You wouldn't go nowhere to hear Jesus. Because first of all, You wasn't going to hear him because the Samaritans don't have no dealings with the Jews. So you was never going to go hear Jesus because you was going to say, well, you know, we don't mess with the Samaritans. You know, we don't mess with the Jews because they don't mess with us. And so you was never going to hear Jesus. But because this woman, Jesus stepped to her and says, I know I'm a Jew, but the bottom line is, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I'm going to talk to everybody because it's my will that all come together, that we all be one. I started this from the very beginning. And so I've come to show you that, yes, we love one another. We must love one another. And he ministered to her. And so now the word spread. Oh, Jews now talk to Samaritans. Uh Uh-huh. But Jesus started that. Jesus started that. Mm Mm-hmm. One woman had this kind of impact. She wasn't no pastor. She wasn't no minister. She wasn't no leader in the church. <laughs> Man, this woman was responsible for almost a whole village hearing and coming to have an encounter with Jesus for themselves. The power of one in Christ is unbelievable. The secret to having this impact as this lady had was this, you probably forgot about when we read it. I'm closing up here. Here's the secret. Jesus had said to the lady, he says, when you drink of that water, you will thirst again. The water that I'm gonna give to you, if you drink of it, you will thirst no more. As a matter of fact, it will be as a wellspring springing up in your life all the time. So you won't need to thirst anymore. And guess what her response after that was? I want that. Give me that. So it's not just good enough for us to have an encounter with Jesus because she could have had an encounter with Jesus and she never allowed what he wanted to give her to receive it. So here's what I'm telling you as we close up here. When you have an encounter with Jesus, it's for you to say to him, Lord, I know you have something for me. Give it to me, Lord. Give it to me, Lord. I want what you have for me. I'm not just satisfied, Lord, feeling your presence. I'm not just satisfied, Lord, just being overcome with your presence and being overwhelmed with your glory. I know you're real, God. I know you're powerful, but I know you have something for me, Lord. I don't know what it is, Lord. I know you give us the Holy Ghost, and if that's what I need, then give that to me. But I know you have what I need. Will you give it to me? And if I have it already, will you make me aware of what I have that I could use for your glory. The encounter is important. The encounter is powerful. But then you also need to ask him for what he has for you. What do you have for me, Jesus? What do you have for me, Jesus? Stop underestimating yourself. If you're convinced about Jesus Christ, who he is, what he has done, his love, his plans for you. If you're convinced about those things, you can surely persuade somebody else about who Jesus is and what he can do for them and how he loves them. My question to you is how convinced are you concerning Jesus Christ? Have you had an encounter with him before? Or do you need another encounter with him? One or the other. But we need an encounter with him so we can say, Lord, whatever you have for me, I want it. I close saying this to you. He made clear his harvest. He says, look on the fields for they are white and all ready to harvest. Harvest is when God bring in. Well, let's go with the standard meaning. It's to bring in the fruit, right? To bring in the the wheat, the corn, the fruit. Bring it in. It's reaping the harvest, fruit. So he used that term so we will understand spiritually what that means. And what it means spiritually is God bringing in his people into his kingdom. It's time. The harvest is ripe, meaning that. People are ready to come into God's kingdom. You should be ready to come into God's kingdom. We all should be ready to come into God's kingdom. It's harvest time. And here is the deal with harvest time. He says, it's right now. Don't you wait. But here's the deal. That's a little bit scary about harvest time. When it's harvest time, the ones that are ready and ready to go get reaped and put over here for good use. The ones that's not ready, they get cut down and they get destroyed. Because in harvest everything has to be harvested. Some for good, some not for good. So nothing gets left back during harvest time. Everything's everything gets harvested. Some for good over here and some not. So God is ready he's reaping his harvest we as his people need to make sure we are right so we can be a part of the process in helping to bring in the harvest those that are out there that don't know him the white fields that we're looking at those are people that God is ready to bring into his kingdom we as his people ought to say i'm ripe i'm ready i'm going to serve the lord the fields are white. The fields are white. God is ready to bring His people in. Will you stand? This is my last scripture here that I'm going to share with you as we're standing together. John chapter four, verse thirty-six. We read that earlier. And he that reapeth receive it wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One soweth, another reapeth. And so think of yourself like farmers. We are the ones that will go out doing the plowing, the fertilizing, sowing, the weeding, the watering. But God is the one that works in the heart of people and bring them to the place of revelation of who he is. That they would hopefully repent of their sins and begin to surrender their life to him. We are the farmers. We are the ones that God uses to do the legwork, and he works in the heart of people. Because of Jesus' encounter with that woman at the well, Samaria and our entire world have had the opportunity of experiencing Jesus reaping the harvest. Ever since then, the harvest has been white. And Samaria started to receive, to to experience revival and still today are still experiencing revival. In Acts chapter 8, verse number 14, we're going to be able to reach people that somebody had sowed the seed, somebody had watered, and all we have to do is just go and say the right things and lead them to the water lead them to Christ, and they will get saved. Look at this, Acts chapter 8, verse number 14. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. And so I want to tell you that we will be able to do the work of God and we won't have to do all of the work of God because God's work is already set in motion and we might just be the ones that will go and just do just a little bit and see the power of God. We might just be the ones to go and just say just a little word and all of a sudden, boom, stuff starts happening. We might just be the ones, we won't have to do a whole lot, just the very little because God already had them just right there, primed and ready to go and all we got to do is do the right thing. Before you leave here today, how about you, you seek, to have an encounter with Jesus. Just talk to him. You don't have to pray hard. You don't have to pray loud. You don't have to pray uh, just out of the ordinary. Just talk to the Lord because you want an encounter with him. Because you want him to impact your life so much that just tell him, I want to be like that woman at the well that met you at the well. That you impact my life so much that I will leave from this service today and impact other people's life. Father, in the name of Jesus you impacted our life almighty God and Lord we still want you to impact our life because we want to be like the woman at the well we want to be so impacted by your power by your presence by your words that Lord God when we go from this place somebody's life will be impacted somebody will never be the same somebody will want to know you for themselves because we have been impacted by your presence by your word by your power I pray today that somebody standing here today Lord God will respond to the word of God by seeking to have an encounter with you to say Jesus uh, I don't want to be the again I want to be like this woman Lord God she was so downtrodden she was so rejected she was so abused and misused and oh God you sought her out Lord God and you ministered to her and Lord her life was never the same and she impacted many Lord can we be as she was Lord God where we will have an encounter with you and be so impacted by you that Lord we can go and minister we can go and have great influence we can go and make a difference Lord oh God have your way today Lord God will you give us an encounter and Lord as we come face to face with you I ask today Lord God that you will give us Lord God what we need What you have in store for us whatever it is Lord God that you want us to have whatever it is that we need to have whatever it is that we must have Lord Jesus will you give it to us that we can go and do the bidding of the Lord that we can go and be the vessels the conduits the instruments that you may work through oh God have your way today I pray that under the sound of my voice every person in this room will hear and Every person in this house, Lord God, will receive. Every person in this house, Lord God, will be moved on by your spirit, never to be the same again. Have your way today, oh great God. Have your way today, oh great God. Bless your people today, oh my God. Oh, Father, strengthen them. And I pray more than anything else, Lord God, that as you move upon them, as you give them what they need, they will have the boldness. They will have the boldness. They will have the boldness to go forth. to be who you call them to be. Oh God have your way today. Oh God will you do what you want to do in us and through us. We love you Jesus. We love you Jesus. We love you Jesus. We adore you. We adore you. We adore you. Somebody just talk to the Lord just for one more moment. Somebody seek after the Lord. Somebody reach after him. Somebody search him out and say God help me Jesus. Help me Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I want to be changed. Oh, I want to be changed. I know the harvest, the harvest is white. Oh, the fields are white. And you're ready, Lord God. I surrender to you. I submit to you my life. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Do what you want, Lord. Bless your people. Today, that they will leave this place differently, that they will leave this place not the way they came in. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. We give you the honor and the praise. For there is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you. There is none like you, Jesus. Oh, let's lift our hands to the Lord and thank Him today. Just love Him. Just love Him. Lord, I love you. 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 Lord, I adore you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I bless your holy name. Lord, you're my God. Lord, you're my Lord. You are my leader, my redeemer, my restorer, my defender, my deliverer, my healer, my strength, my song. Oh, you are my everything. God, have your way today. Thank you for blessing your people. Thank you for speaking to their hearts. Thank you for your encounter, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your deliverance. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your blessings. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you. Give the Lord praise and honor. Bless the Lord. Clap your hands unto him and love him. Clap your hands unto him and love him. God bless you. I love you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Hallelujah.